having to do this. Hello, everyone. Frank and Darren back again the Slaughterland Movie Podcast with a very special best and worst of. And this is chosen by Jeff Hill, one of our uh, Patreons, and uh, he wanted to pick uh, The Hitcher as one of his uh, one of his movies to uh, do the best and worst of. Darren, we talked about The Hitcher before. Did we? We did, but we just talked about it. Not the best or worst of, but about uh, the movie. Okay. Um, and we absolutely love this film. We do. It gets it gets a lot of praised now, mm. but back then I don't think anyone really cared for it. Yeah, it was a struggle to get it made, um, and a lot of it was due to the fact that that scene with Jennifer Jason Lee's studio oh. just couldn't get their head around it. Um, and the fact is, you don't see it. It's the scene with the two trucks, and she gets ripped mm-hmm. in half. Mm-hmm. You don't see it, and you never did see it, and it was never written in the script. <laughs> you know, the writer of the film. I was watching an interview with him today, and he says the number one question he gets asked all the time is, "Will we ever see the footage of Jennifer Jason Lee being torn in half?" And it was never even filmed. So, you it know, was supposed to be filmed. No, exactly, exactly. But studios, just the very thought of it, studios ran away from it, and uh, Robert Harmon had a really hard time kind of um, getting this film made. Um, But I'm so glad he did, because it's an absolute treat, isn't it? How do? What do you think about the remake with Sean Bean? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't a patch on it at all. No, Sean Bean's a good actor. I like him. Yeah. It was kind yeah. of remade too soon, wasn't it, as well? Yeah. Just... Yeah, yeah. Was it 20 years later about that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I saw it in the theater, and I was just like, this doesn't have the same... You know, Rucker Hauer is now an institution. Hmm. Uh, Bless it. For a lot of people, yeah. Uh, you know, Hobo with a Shotgun, of course, Blade Runner. Uh, he's in the Batman uh, uh, franchise. Didn't you get the memo? There's something about <laughs> him. There's something about him where he, he makes you feel uneased. Yeah, uh, yeah, in certain moments, and in, in, in every career, I mean, every acting uh, career he's uh, role he's ever chosen. Um, but um, who is your best character in the Hitcher? Well, it's I, I would say that it's John Ryder, but I do think C. Thomas Howell's fantastic in this as well. Um, it's interesting that 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 Rutger Hauer wasn't actually the first choice; he was around right about third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially, they wanted Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp was going to be Joel Ryder, and he got nervous about it. And um, another British staple, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. He got nervous about it, and then after he'd seen the film, he instantly regretted it and wished that he'd done it. But I can't imagine what that would have been like with Terrence Stamp in that role. Neil um, before Ryder, <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was um, Sam Elliott. I sure ain't going to show you my dick was the second choice and he backed out at the last minute and i guess that he's gutted that he didn't come through but you know follow through with this because it would have been i think that would have been a decent choice as well i mean rutger howe was perfect but i think it still could have worked with sam elliott in there i think he's kind of sinister enough to sort of you know play that john Ryder role so i see you're driving a volvo (laughs) 
What's going on around the Asperger's? But yeah, what I love about him is it's that from the moment he comes comes on screen, he has no, he's got an agenda, but his agenda isn't to lure C. Thomas Howell or or Jim Halsey into a false sense of security by kind of playing the nice guy and then turning the tables. He's an absolute horror from the moment he steps foot in the car he doesn't try to hide it whatsoever within moments he's talking about puncturing eyeballs and telling him what he's done to the last people that he rode with it's just such a cold chilling calculated unsavory performance that i just think is a career high for rutger hauer i think he was fantastic in this he really does give you the shivers yeah, I, my that's why he's my best character uh, because the moment he gets picked up, you know, he's sneezing and he's trying to dry himself off and get comfortable. And once he is comfortable, he goes over and smiles and basically says, "I'm here to kill you," you know, <laughs> exactly, it's, it's right like that. Yeah, and the kid thinks he's you know joking and everything like that, and then he's not laughing; he's just staring at him. And throughout this whole movie, he forms this bond with him saying, I know this kid is going to try to stop me. I want him to stop me from doing whatever whatever I'm doing because I can't do it myself. Uh, and I'm going to make sure he's okay until we get to that point where I think he's going to, uh, he's going to end me and mm-hmm. I'm going to make his life miserable, but he'll be okay. Yeah. He's kind of almost like his only friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, he's just kind of, he's just a pure psychopath. Yeah. And, and, there's no, you see no other side to him than this. You know nothing about him. You don't know where he comes from. You don't know where he's been. You don't really know whether, you know, he's got no history. He's got no jail record. He's got no previous convictions. He is just this, almost like an entity. Almost mm-hmm. just like, like a kind of... Like a ghost. Unmasked Michael Myers or something that speaks. He is everywhere in this film. And even when you've got sequences where C. Thomas Howell is clearly on his own, like in the middle of the desert, you can feel that he's there. Yeah. It's just every moment that there's an opportunity for him to show up, he will do. And there's just no escape in this guy whatsoever. There's a part where Jim knows that he's not going to be a victim. He knows that through half the movie. It's the people around him. Yeah, there's that moment, which we'll talk about later on, when he finally realizes that the cops know the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not he's not the wanted man anymore. And But the problem is that the tables have been turned, and it's now down to him to kind of solve the situation, which is the Nash's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he does that on purpose to make him feel bad for another death you know it's it's just so well done but we have to talk about c thomas howell as well in terms of his physical performance you know he goes through the ringer in this film in fact there's numerous scenes where he's brought to the stage of <laughs> vomiting i think there's you, two be- you believe he's this kid yeah there, there are two or three scenes where he's actually physically ill on camera because he's so horrified and scared of w- what he's seen and what's happening um and there's that scene in the diner where he sits down and Ryder sits down with him. And C. Thomas Al's got his hands on his face. And as he pulls his hands down, you can see how beaten he is. Mm-hmm. He's just at breaking point. And his physical appearance 
looks absolutely drained completely. I look at that every time. It it looks, I mean, there must be some makeup involved or something. He looks fucking awful in that scene. Like he has experienced everything that's gone on in this film. It's, It's a great performance. And it's the real lowest point of that movie for him as well. He's yeah. just, he feels beaten, and that's why he's got the gun under the table and he's ready to go. But <laughs> All right, your, uh, your worst character? Uh, Trooper Hancock. Okay, all right. <laughs> he's a pain in the ass. Yeah, he is. He's just, he's pretty useless, isn't he? He's the guy that pulls um, Jim off the bus and, and tries to manipulate the situation so that he can kill him Yeah, um, by accusing him of spitting on his hands, which clearly hasn't happened, and... and you know, thankfully Nash saves his life at this point. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would say he's probably the weakest character in this film. There's very few. I don't even like picking a weak character in this film. Um, I just kind of went for the dumbest character, I think. That's where I went with uh, my uh, worst character is, uh, okay, Darren, um, you're on you're on holiday. You decided to go uh, on a trip. Let's just say uh, you came over here to the States and you want to go cross country. You want to go start from New York, go to L.A. And you have um, you have your friends and your family with you in a, in a car. Are you going to pick up a random stranger? <laughs> and have him sit there with his arm around your door, kissing her. <laughs> that dumb fuck. Maybe he thought he was going to help him tag team his wife. I don't know. But I, I felt bad for the family, and yet. The father picked them up. The father picked this asshole, just yeah. threw his whole family in jeopardy, and mm-hmm. they all died. And that's where you see, I think, a little bit of pee come down uh, Jim's leg. Because he oh, looks really? like that. Wagon. Yeah, because you, um, if you see where his feet is and he goes right up, uh, a little bit of dribble coming down. Okay. And he looks in and he's just horrified by what he saw because the, the family's got to be mutilated. Hmm. And he killed all the kids. He killed the dog mm-hmm. that was in there. I think there was a dog in there. Yeah. The no, dog, the teddy bear. The it was yeah. a teddy bear. Was there a teddy dog? bear? He, he raped the teddy bear. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he killed the mother and father and the two kids. Oh, my God. It's my worst character because what father would put their family through that situation <laughs> by picking up a random stranger <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and just look around and, you know, this guy's warning you and uh, he's kissing this kid. He's going... You know, like this, let's shoot him. And then like, this guy's crazy. He's trying to tell me that this guy I picked up who says he's a nice man is nuts. Fuck you. You know, you deserve to die. Leave the poor kids. God. All right. Your best line. When he's laughing in the car, I think. There's a few moments in the car. There's the moment when he's when he's laughing in the car, he says, it's what the other guy said. He couldn't have walked very far because I cut off his legs. And his arms and his head. And now I'm going to do the same to you. And it's the way he delivers it, which is just so matter of fact and cold. It's like almost like Jim can't believe what he's hearing, you know, and neither can the viewer. It's like, wow. You get that one shot as well when he's driving along and Jim's going to pull over because the, the, the VW is at the side of the road. And he just slams his knee down on the accelerator and, and t- to get past it all because God knows what's 
what kind of sights are in that car. Um, I think the, the other thing is as well is that when he says that about cutting off his arms and legs and head and now I'm going to do the same to you, you get this kind of expression from Jim and then the car just drives off into the night mm-hmm. and you're left thinking, shit, has he really <laughs> said that? It's like it leaves you. It leaves him alone. You're, he's left alone with, with, with Ryder. The viewers aren't with him at this point. And you're thinking, oh, my God, what the hell's going to happen now? And then it cuts subsequently to that scene with the roadblock. But as well as that, it's the other conversation that's going on as well about when he just turns around to him with the knife in his face and says, you know how much blood comes out of an eyeball when it's punctured? Just things like that, which are just absolutely the stuff of nightmares. And the the delivery that Rutger Hauer, you know, how he delivers this is just note perfect all the time it's chilling absolutely chilling i i agree with you that was my best line because it's the first usually these lines with someone's intentions true intentions come out are in the middle act the second Mm. act of a movie this one's the first thing yeah he says you know oh that's what the other guy said (laughs) off his legs his arms his head and i'm gonna do the same to you and he's deadly serious and i think he just gives a little smile yeah uh, yeah. But I think he, uh, but I think he likes Jim because Jim escaped him. Hmm. Like, oh, finally, this guy, this kid, you know, this person has enough of the balls to stop me. And I know he has it, but I think he's he's testing everybody that picks him up. Yeah. I wonder what Ryder said to that family before he killed him. I mean, oh. could you imagine, you know, what he would have said? You got a nice family. I wonder what they're going to look like in the paper in the obituary <laughs> section. Jeez. Yeah, it's it. It is. It's it's the the one thing about him as well is that he's just never rattled. He's never <gasps> ever rattled. There's one moment towards the end of the film when he's slightly rattled, and that's when he's walking towards the car with the gun, and he goes, "Come on!" as he's revving the engine. But throughout this whole of this movie, he's so cold and cool and calm that mm-hmm. it's amazing that he does the stuff that he does and the the beauty of it is that you never really see him do any of this stuff that's no. what makes him even more chilling yep yep um okay your worst line when you were saying about stupid people um in the worst character section you have to sort of include jim in this as well i mean now i don't know whether hitchhiking was a thing. I mean, you, you don't see hitchhikers anymore. I, we don't over here. I don't know about over there. Um, I, I haven't seen a hitchhiker for a lot of years. And the worst line in this isn't actually a bad line. It's just the fact that Jim chose to ignore it. And that's as mm. soon as he opens the door and says, my mom told me never to do this. Oh, you should have listened Always to listen her. to your mother. <laughs> Always listen. She knows best. Even Freddie told you that. You should listen to your mother. <laughs> you know, and the reason why I picked him up is so he doesn't fall asleep. Mm. You know, he's getting to his destination. Yeah. He's going to school, right? Mm. I presume yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. He's drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's drinking, <laughs> drinking beer. beer in the car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, my worst line is what you said from uh, Trooper Hancock is that you spit on my wrist. Mm. Uh, I said, you spit on my wrist, wipe it off. And you're like, you know, fuck you. You're one of these people that people complain about. There are good cops and there's bad cops. 
but you are the worst cop because what you're trying to do is try to put an innocent man in jail and presume that this person is guilty because you have your own interpretation of what the law is. And like you said, this is shoot that person as soon as he gets off uh, the bus and make up some shit. Oh, he went for my gun. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it just shows that there's no rule. There's no rule of law when it comes to some of these uh, people. If you, if you don't have any, if there's no indication that you were even in, uh, if you did any of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Trooper Hancock's a dickhead. <laughs> he got what he got. I think the dog would have liked him. Dog was licking that one cop's neck. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was great. Uh, best kill is probably only one, really. Well, I don't know. And this is goes back to what I was saying a minute or two ago, which was a lot of these kills are off screen. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow they're fascinating. The guy in the VW off screen at the start of the film, obviously, the kind of off screen destruction of the police station. There's so much to enjoy about not seeing these kills because in it all really different situations does, they were in. Yeah, but it plays on your mind, and I think that you know, in the same way that that you know, Dave always argues that we should never see Michael's process. I feel it's the same with John John Ryder. I think it would it would take away. Um, from him, if it would, do you know what I mean? If we saw him carrying out these acts, a bit like how Silence of the Lambs, when when you actually start to see Anthony Hopkins kill people at the end of the film, it mm-hmm. sort of cheapens him a little bit, and I feel like it would do this with John Ryder as well. And so the ones that the kills that that you do see are always with, you know, a gun or something, something where you're not going to see him lose his cool. Yeah. Um, whereas all the other kills, it, 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 you wouldn't want to see those at all. Um, you wouldn't want to see him commit them at all. The way that the script operates and the way they've shot this film, you absolutely come out of this film believing that you've seen things that you haven't. It's not as graphic or as gory as you might think it is. Because people, I guess, particularly with the Nash scene, mm-hmm. believe they've seen that. But the way that it's cut and shot, you've not seen anything at all. You see a bit of rope around some wrists, that's it. And mm-hmm. it's it's the sound that they put over the top of it that that kind of makes you believe that you've seen something you haven't. So I think that the off-screen kills are the best kills in this because they're done so effectively. But also, Ryder's kill, I think, is really stylishly done. And I know that there was a lot of complaints around the time when this film came out was that you didn't really see him, the fatal shot. But I think the way that it's shot from a distance with that cloud of dust that you see travel through his body and out the other side before he drops, I think it's just so well done. You know, it's like slow much. It's like you can almost see the gunshot going through him. And so his kill as well, I think, is... is right up there as one of the best kills in the movie. I think uh, you, you put it very eloquently. Um, I have to go with Nash. But the reason why I have to go with Nash and it's just well, what you were hinting to is that you don't need to see kills to mm. know that somebody's be- someone's going to die. You know Nash was going to be ripped apart because she was going to be ripped <laughs> apart because he took his foot off the clutch. Yeah, yeah. And Jim was yelling and screaming and it went to black 
You mean to tell me that, you know, oh, she didn't split, that, that John's rope tying was so terrible that she just slipped right out? <laughs> I mean, every, every, you know, he, you know, John Ryder's going to commit some damage. And, you know, you need, you need to see the aftermath of his carnage. We are so desensitized that we need to see if someone's getting shot, we need to see the bullet hole going through him so we can look through the other side of where the bullet came through. Why do we have to do that? This is why this movie is so good. We see John Ryder's carnage. I don't want to see him do it because then if I see him do it, then I can know what mistakes he's making and I can yell at the screen saying, well, he didn't you know, reload on the second shot. You know, you could have got him there. No, I'd rather see the carnage. That yeah. he does, and, yeah. and then then you're gonna wonder why? Why is this man doing this? And it just makes you question yourself more uh, about what you're seeing through this person. So yeah, yeah for yeah. me it's Nash, but yeah, I get why you're saying that. I don't want to see a lot of kills all the time. I want to see the aftermath. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, the devastation it causes. I mean, you know, the, the what it does to psychological devastation too. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, what it yeah. does to Jim as a person when he knows about what what this guy's capable of, and the fact that the only way that he can get away because he is everywhere, he doesn't matter where he goes, he turns up. He's got eyes we're on with him Jim. All the time. What, nine, like almost this whole movie, we're with Jim, so we're yeah. right next to Jim. Yeah, we're not next. Yeah. We're not next to like Michael walking down the street, mm. so we can see what Michael does. Imagine being with Lori the whole time. And seeing what Michael's been leaving. Yeah. That's scarier. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's like, you know, we don't need to know how the gun, the bullets came out of the gun. We don't need to know how he got into Nash's apartment. The fact that he, it just happens with no explanation is more disturbing than actually watching him do it. Oh, the police station, right? He's got the gym coming out and there's nobody there. You're like, what the hell? And they yeah. see all the bodies. And he's having that dream. And when he taps on the window, you get those gunshots. Yeah. So his kind of dream is kind of... What's happening outside is feeding his dream. So he's kind of not aware fully of what's going on. Um, and then, you know, he and knows his something. Open. <laughs> well, he's, his cell door's open. But the dog is so disturbed that it doesn't go for him. No. Uh, it, it just it goes kind for of lunch. Looks, yeah, it just looks for him and walks on and starts his lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so many good moments. But he left the dog alive. He did. Wow. That would be too much, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Uh, <laughs> all right, your worst kill or weakest kill. I always had, although it's a fantastic stunt, I always this, felt... This is mine, too. The, the, mine the two too. cars flipping over was yeah. a bit too kind of hokey overblown and 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 polished blues brothers yeah (laughs) blues brothers (laughs) i just thought that the chances of that happening were just so slim i mean it's a really well executed stunt but it just felt too choreographed for this type of movie um almost like the in piranha with the speedboat crashing over the other speedboat do you know what i mean it's just like really would that happen Um, filler yeah, yeah. It's fine, though. It's a really good stunt. And when you listen to the process behind the making of that, um, they almost killed a whole crew with it. <laughs> because the crew that were filming it from behind um, were on a like a truck with people sat on the roof. 
and the one car didn't kind of roll off screen like it was supposed to because they detonated, aren't they, with a cannon yeah. underneath and they flip. Yep. The one car just slid down the road and the truck carrying the cameras behind was getting too close too fast because the thing was slowing down really quickly. Um, and they, it was just last-minute thinking by the driver that he swerved around them without throwing his crew off the top of the car that he managed to save them. Um, because that would have, they would have just been thrown completely if he'd have slammed into that car. But they were doing it at sixty-five mile an hour. So, but it is it is a, a, a it is a superb stunt. But I just think it's a little step too far for this film in terms of the way that it's executed. Does that make sense? Well, what about getting shot down uh, by a revolver uh, when, when you're in a helicopter? <laughs> yeah, but that's John Ryder, isn't it? So. Yeah, but it's still <laughs> kind of hokey. You can't. And you can't just be like, eh. and there's there's wind factor and you know, inertia and your speeds and everything involved. And he shoots it down, and then this thing's put, put, putting away. And you're like, your worst kill that damn helicopter. Uh, but yeah, I can. It's some of the stunts in there are kind of uh, you know, like like I said, hokey. Hmm. Uh, but you know, but I wouldn't want to do I'll what, tell you some what of those was. guys did. It was a bit bandit. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Smokey was the bandit. Uh, okay, your best moment. I mean, there's so many great moments in this film. There's so mm-hmm. many kind of big kind of jump scares and, you know, the bit when the cops get shot through the w- the, the window when he shows up in her apartment. I think you're going to choose the one scene in the restaurant, so I'll leave that to you, but no, uh, no. So you're okay. not. Okay, the, the the finger and the chips, which is just a genius moment. The fact that he put that in the chips and he almost ate it. Um, but I think, um, for me, the opening 10 minutes and the closing 10 minutes of this film are, uh, are just the best moments of the film. This film um, slaps you in the face in the beginning, doesn't it? It does. It really does. And the end as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, you don't see how he gets out of that armored truck. You just see him shooting. That's it. And how did he get out of the, you know, the shackles and all that kind of stuff? He just does. You don't care. He's done it. And he's and been then, doing this for a long time. It's indicated, yeah. you know, hinted that he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. He's like David Copperfield or something. He can just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, one of my favorite shots is him diving off the back of that truck through the windscreen. The tiger roar. Yeah, with no concern for his own safety at all. He just wants to get to that kid. And, you know, hi, kid. Hi, kid. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, my best moment is the beginning of it because it just just slaps you, right? You know, it's not this buildup, you know, of... uh, of you know you're riding with this guy you're taking him to different restaurants and then you find out he's a killer no he tells you he's going to kill you mm. but you can't do anything because you're moving yeah in a yeah. car yeah. and you get you think about it the, the driver of a vehicle has a lot of power mm. i can stop i can go i can speed up i can turn left and right and shake you but you're also in a vulnerable spot aren't you yeah yeah you know it's it's like being on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> I can flush any time I want. <laughs> and you're going to have to live with that smell. <laughs> yeah, but I got the toilet paper. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> like 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 uh, like Danny Glover and, and Lethal Weapon. And Lethal too. Weapon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's I, who John Ryder is. He puts you in, in these vulnerable spots. And Jim, you know, when how he escapes, he's like, I don't want to die. It pushes him out. Yeah. Saws yeah. his oppor- opportunity. But for those moments, even at the even at the uh, the checkpoint, he was vulnerable. Hmm. He had the knife, you know, in the, in the side of his leg. Yeah, you know, ready to cut him, <laughs> and um, uh, and Rutger Hauer's hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, get out of here, you two sweethearts. <laughs> <You> sweethearts. <laughs> That's a great movie. I wish it. Did they ever? They made a special edition, didn't they? They a they have. A, Twenty years ago, they did a special edition, which I was watching this morning. I still got on DVD doesn't look too great but it's fine and there's some there's a 40 minute documentary on there which is really interesting with rutger and c thomas and the only person that's not on there is uh jennifer jason lee however second sight who are one of the best um companies for special editions in the uk they did the dawn of the dead one and they did the guest and they the did eight the box the eight, the eight disc yeah yeah wow. and they did assault on precinct 13 they are working on one at the moment of the hitcher with the oh. director so um i think that comes out early next year oh are um, you gonna so get he's it? fully restored it in 4k and all that kind of stuff yeah oh definitely definitely be getting it oh i'm gonna get it too wow mm. i would love to see this movie in in 4k yeah get the everything in in a special you know the, the maybe throwing some extras yeah yeah more extras yeah. well there are there, like i say there's that documentary kicking around which is great uh, there are commentaries as well. There's commentaries with um, the director and the writer. There's commentaries with C. Thomas Howell and um, Rutger Hauer. And there's a there's a lot of stuff from the old DVDs that's kicking around that they could clean up and and put on this. All right. I'm glad we talked about this. I'm glad Jeff Hill picked this. Mm, so because you and I just adore this movie. Mm-hmm. Love well, it. We've, love we've it, been love talking. It, I know Steve Goldstone's been asking us for ages to do it, and we've been wanting to do it, but. It just hasn't quite slotted into our schedule until now when Jeff suggested it and was like, it's a good time, let's do it. And Halloween's over. It is. It's over. We can't be going on a rant until Halloween Lives come out, right, Barry? (laughs) I think, though, I think when we talked about this the other day, we we should sit down and do what we want from Friday the 13th, the TV series. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Well, yeah. maybe have a nice live chat about that. Mm. Get everybody's yeah. ideas involved, and exactly. then we'll have them all ripped off by, uh, you know, by all the uh, A twenty four. Well, I'm sure they all have their own <laughs> script going on at this point, but it's mapped out. Although they did about turn pretty quickly the other day when people were saying, "Yeah, but the Jason's not going to be in it," and they were like, "Uh, uh yeah, he might be. <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll be there in in, yeah. in spirit." Yeah, yeah. We'll just have a hockey mask in the background or something, but. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Darren, uh, any final thoughts before we go? Nope, that's it. Nope. Looking forward to um, whatever's next. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.